Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I'm joined, as always, by El Nino, the kid, the god, the legend, Celtics beat reporter from the Athletic J. King, ladies and gentlemen, and we got news on a Monday, two Big pieces of news. I guess we'll start with the immediate. We speculated about it after the post game yesterday, but DeJounte Murray, Hawks guard, uh, has been suspended for Do you think bumping. anyone that listens to this podcast didn't know he was a Hawks guard? You know, I was just being an appropriate newsman, given the I'm, uh, I'm coming in spicy. I'm on like two hours of sleep. Yeah, you didn't want to podcast today, but the news forced us to podcast because DeJounte Murray was suspended. And uh, not the biggest surprise because when you bump a ref, you kind of get suspended. It's a hard and fast rule here. Uh, It just makes the Hawks' uh, goal of, I guess, coming back in this series and winning Game 5 that much more difficult because he's been a pretty impactful scorer for them uh, in Games 1 through 4. What was he doing? He was upset. He was mad online. I don't know. It was but, just a but what like what do you think you're going to accomplish by walking over to the ref after the game? And I, I don't even he didn't headbutt him. He didn't like but like just touching your head to, to the ref. Did did you think that was going to help? Was it going to change what happened in the game? Was it going to change anything besides send you on summer vacation? One day earlier, two days earlier, whatever. It just... It was very, was very stupid. Just a dumb move. Cause, and it wasn't... I mean, it was a heat of the moment thing, obviously. But it wasn't like like a bad call happened and he was reacting to the bad call. It's like they lost and he just walked over and and stuck his yeah, I'm, stuck I'm, his head on the referee's head. <laughs> I'm curious what his specific grievance was because I guess Jason Tatum went to the line a decent amount in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't like there was a bunch of objectionable calls the, or a bunch of the calls Hawks went to the line a ton during the fourth quarter too. Yeah, like there's no like nothing crazy that sticks out from like late in that game is like oh this call was brutal. And so I don't know what the chest bump was supposed to accomplish. Uh, maybe that ref was intimidated. You don't even get the same refs in the next game. It's not like that. The ref he bumped is going to be refing game five. It is just a misplaced intimidation. Just a very, very stupid, stupid thing for DeJounte Murray to do uh, at the end of a game where he's clearly frustrated. 
the Celtics were watching the clip in the locker room last night after the game. Did they and, think he uh, was going to be suspended? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they thought he probably would. Because honestly, like once once you touch a ref, they never allow that. I mean, Jason Tatum angrily stomped and kind of bumped a ref after Trey Young uh, had that flagrant foul on him. No suspension for him. Oh, you would call that a stomp? He's, he got up angrily as to scare uh, individuals. I don't think he stomped the ref, but he bumped the ref. Yeah, he kind of like like pushed the ref's hands off of him. I, I guess that's true. But the ref, I don't know. That, that was a different situation to me than DeJounte like walking over trying to intimidate. Yeah, but, I mean it's 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 clearly like ones in the heat of battle or battle that's a stupid word for to describe basketball but the heat of competition and one's just extracurricular uh entirely after the game. It was just very very stupid and I guess like the Celtics heavy favorites in heading into game 5 absolutely should win game 5 um even with DeJounte Murray in the game. Now without DeJounte Murray, I don't know is that being Bogdan Bogdanovich is the starting shooting guard for the Atlanta Hawks. The Celtics basically have zero excuse uh, in to lose Game Five or to come anywhere close to losing Game Five. You just hope it doesn't come with any sort of like complacency. Like they already think they're better than the Hawks. Now they're the Hawks without their second best player. Do they still come with the intensity to close out uh, this series and move on to the 76ers? Yeah, that's that's the challenge now and. Honestly, like, I've been impressed by the Hawks' medal throughout this series, just the way they haven't really gone away. Murray's been a big part of that. That guy does not back down. He's been chirping at Joe Missoula throughout the series, I assume, because Missoula's strategy is to just, like, be okay with him shooting jumpers, and he's made a bunch. Um. But he, he's been one of the guys on the Hawks who has not allowed them to crumble. So beyond just the skill set that he brings and and the the kind of – like he's obviously their second creator after Trey Young. He obviously is somebody who they rely on, especially for offense, but also for defense. Uh, they're – they're going to run out of of depth pretty soon and and I also they'll just miss his competitive spirit like he like I said he he's he's not someone who would see a 3-1 deficit and think I'm done I'm just going to go away now like no he'd be he'd be scrapping till the end or in this case suspended for scrapping a little too much <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's all fun and games when you're screaming at Joe Missoula after every made three, but then you take that intensity a little bit too far, and just the amount of attention I imagine Jay or Trey Young is going to get in Game Five from the Celtics defense, like it seemed like the the game plan last game was just like we're gonna let DeAndre Hunter and John Collins shoot as much as they want and. Now it's just you add another player to that. It's basically just like we're not going to let Trey Young do anything. And it feels pretty important for the Celtics to get this win just because in terms of the when the next series starts, if they were happen to win uh, Tuesday against the Hawks and close out the series, 
the next game one of the Sixers series would start uh, on Saturday, and then game two would be on Monday. Uh, if they managed to somehow mess everything up, then game one wouldn't start till Monday, and game two would be on that Wednesday. And that's just big because Joel Embiid is currently hurt right now. Don't really know what the status of his knee is, but the quicker you play games, the more likely it is he does not play. And um, hot take from me, that might be an advantage for the Boston Celtics in a matchup against the 76ers. Just maybe. Just maybe. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I hope Embiid is able to be healthy. I hope he's able to be at 100%. I hope, and I'm, I'm looking ahead to that series because it seems inevitable at this point. But, like, it, it's just hard to see a seven foot, 300 pounder come back from a knee sprain that seems like it's at least mildly serious. Like it's not a nothing injury from the way they've talked about it, from the fact that Doc Rivers said he could miss the start of the next round. It seems like this is, it's not nothing. And at his size, with the, the amount of burden that he has on a regular basis, no matter what, and especially we'll have in a Celtic series, not just scoring a ton, which they'll need him to do and, you know, creating double teams and finding open guys, but he's also going to need to guard a lot and they're going to put him in actions. They're going to have Al Horford pop in. They're going to have Jason Tatum going at him. And if that knee isn't right, like that's, that's just a lot to handle. Um, so I hope he's right. I hope he's healthy. I think it'll be a really fun series if he is. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Like PJ Tucker has been telling the 76ers, playoffs start in the second round. And uh, I'm kind of a believer in that. Although the Hawks, the Hawks made the Celtics work. They did. I'll give it to them. Yeah, no, they made this series much more difficult than I ever anticipated. And they have a pretty good offense. If only they could play some form of defense, but what is your expectation for game five? Let's let's not look ahead too much. What do you think the Hawks change it? If anything, given the Murray injury, and what do you think the Celtics can do? Obviously, you weren't the biggest fan of their offensive execution last night. What do you think they need, need to do to get back to kind of better offense and uh, just better looks and, and more efficient offense, easier offense? Yeah, it, it, it's weird because I, I said that and I still kind of believe it, but they were able to produce all sorts of easy looks and tons of points in the paint. Yeah, but they and failed was, your eye test, Jay King. They failed the eye test of the person in Atlanta. I'm just saying, they, they on top of all the easy buckets they made, they also made a number of bad decisions. And it's not just the eye test, it's the 16 turnovers it's the shots they had blocked at the rim. Uh, so all that stuff can be cleaned up. No need to dismiss my eye test, which is a beautiful eye test. I'm the king of eye tests. You're the, the, are you saying that because your eyes, do you think you have good-looking eyes or you think your eyes are affected? You wear contacts, don't you? You don't have the best eyes. I have, I have working eyes. I, functional I eyes i don't think you have the best eye test if you have uh less than eyes that you need to wear contacts 
I can dissect a game with the best of them. Okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to see how you'd react to that. That was not serious. Um, but but before we move on from the Hawks to the Ime Udoka stuff, I just gotta, I gotta just talk about the Atlanta airport. What a chaotic situation I walked into this morning. You flying Delta? JetBlue. Oh, there's Jet your first Blue. mistake. It's a Delta hub. You, you got to fly Delta if you're going through Atlanta as a rookie move. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It does matter. It does. The Atlanta airport is built to function as a Delta airport. Anything else than that is You go not through work. the same no, checkpoint anyway. They treat Everyone you better goes through the a, same checkpoint. Platinum and there were hundreds of people huddled in a mass and there was oh, like very little direction. It was, I was in the TSA pre-check line for like an hour, almost missed my flight, even though I got there a record time early because I knew the Atlanta airport is just sw- swarmed with people all the time. It was just an awful, awful experience. I've I've rarely dealt with uh, an airport that... See, just it was just so stressful, and I'm not I'm not a very stressful guy. I'm just kind of a go, go with the flow guy. You're a professional but, journalist who travels all the time, and you can't deal with a crowded airport. This was far beyond crowded. This was this was just atrocious. Um, I did see Jermaine O'Neal at the airport, though. Oh, hey, what are you complaining for? You saw Celtics legend Jermaine O'Neal. Celtics legend Jermaine O'Neal, who must have been at the EYBL tournament. I, I'm Googling it right now, and it appears that he is uh, affiliated. He is the owner of Drive Nation, an AAU program. Did you end up going to the that tournament to see some high school hoops? Yeah, I did. It was awesome. I saw some awesome players. Uh, Cooper Flagg among them. He's ridiculous. Cooper Flagg is just a special defender. Like holy shit, six ten ish. That's why. And <laughs> and he plays with this team from Maine, and they're kind of what you'd expect a team from Maine to be like. That means white and not good. I, I don't. I don't want to put the not good thing on them. Uh, that was my like, just to be clear. We're, we're uh, that ta- was my assumption about the team from Maine. We're talking about high schoolers here, but. He is I mean he he's it's not like he's playing with other five star recruits and he's just spectacular. My goodness. He truly made like five of the best defensive plays I've ever seen. He did not shoot well in that game. He broke his nose, I guess, and came back like he missed the first five or six minutes of the second half, came back with his team down 13, brought him within two, basically by just fucking everything up, like just blocking everything, stealing everything, just being an all-around force. Uh, so it, it's he's pretty incredible to watch, and he's going to have an awesome NBA career. That dude is, is special. Um, saw some other good players too. Jalen Harrelson, who I didn't know before, but he's like a – Kind of like a 6'7", 220-pound sophomore in high school, Rondo. Ooh, a Rondo comparison for a sophomore in high school. 
yeah, he was just grabbing boards and running in transition and finding everybody. So his game was really fun. I'm I'm a huge Jalen Harrelson fan now, even though I had no clue who he was when I first started watching him. Now I I lived for his game, um, but it was fun. There it was like all the all the top coaches were there. Tom Izzo was there. John Calipari was there. Um, John Shire was there. Salute to did Shire. You stop and, he, did you stop and say hi to all of your friends in the coaching realms? Yeah, I I did have a couple of friends in the coaching realm that I said hello to. Um, and then Tatum was there. Carmelo Anthony was like watching Cooper flag right behind me and nobody noticed him. And then one person noticed him and there were like 300 people instantly lined <laughs> Not really 300, but there was like dozens of people instantly lined up for pictures, like instantly, as soon as someone spotted him. Um, and then John, salute to John Shire, though. Cooper Flag played at 8, which is like super long day for all the coaches. It starts at 9 a.m. And Shire, I believe, was like the only high major coach that showed up for a Cooper Flag's game. So that's pure dedication. If Duke gets Cooper Flag, you'll know it's It'll because, because John he Shire watched- is a committed recruit. He watched that Recruiter. one game in in uh, suburban Atlanta in April. But that uh, shows that shows commitment. That shows, and if he's doing that, it ain't the only time he's been the only guy in the crowd watching Cooper Flag. Do you think Cooper Flag noticed? Yeah, yeah, he was he was sitting front row, and he absolutely noticed. Hundred percent noticed. Yeah, I mean, it's tough not to notice when the Duke head coach walks in and and sits at in the front row of your game um so i would guess yes but it was fun it was a lot of fun um just ton of ton of really good basketball players but it did not help the situation at the airport although i did get to see jermaine o'neal it's all you win some and you lose some um before we get to the whole email situation, let's go to let's go to some callers right now. Grant G is on the line. Give him an opportunity to share his piece. Grant G, how's it going? Grant G. Oh, we got. Can you Grant. hear me now? Yes, yes sir. sir. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for having me. Uh, wanted to say a couple of things for Jay. Uh, thank you for serenading the Anything is Potable crowd with uh, your singing of the Newsies. Didn't know the kid was so talented. Wasn't I have a great voice, that. don't I? Yeah, I was I was generally like, all right, here we go. This is pretty good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I literally have the worst voice ever, so I, I, I appreciate you for pretending hey. otherwise. You're you're singing to a crowd, man. It takes some it takes some cojones to do that. Uh, secondly, Jay, you said uh, gambling Grant might be the worst gambler of all time, and you don't support my picks. The crowd, the anything potable crowd, would be three and one, and that's winning money, baby. Man of the people. Gambling Grant is back. So, do you have any more picks for us? <laughs> I'm gonna have picks pick for, for the Sixers five. series. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, oh, you got to do your research first. Well, the line is minus 12 and a half right now, and I just think that's too many points. And I, I'm not going to bet against the Celtics, but what I've been liking this series is their three-point total over. It's been at 14 consistently, and they've hit that 
in uh, three out of the four games. And it was the only one was game one, and that was a pretty bad game. Uh, so look for the over three-point total. But I'm definitely going to be back and have Sixers picks. So stay tuned I, I love, for Gambling Grant. I love the, the, the quick little, like, teaser pick. <laughs> for, for then to let the people know you'll be here later too. I gambling grants doing it right right now. Thank you. I'm I'm just a, a big fan of the pod, and I want uh, the rest of the crowd to uh, hop on the train and win some money. Thank you, man. Do you have any <laughs> Do you have any non gambling things for us? What, what do you want yes. to talk about right His now? His name is Gambling Grant. You just keep on asking for more, <laughs> Jay. <laughs> I was. I mean, I I'm here for it. Um, as I know, you guys are big Ted Lasso fans, and um, this last episode with the triangle offense, with uh, Ted Lasso learning the triangle offense while being, I guess, on what, ecstasy or whatever? Uh, sorry, drug rip. Um, but I thought that was uh, pretty good, <laughs> learning some uh, high, high-level high basketball while also watching Ted Lasso. I thought that was pretty good. Jay, yeah, what's the all- best offense you've learned while high on ecstasy? Can't say I've ever done ecstasy, um, but well, I'm just not convinced that the triangle offense can just shift over to soccer. Doesn't doesn't seem like like Tex Winter's teachings go from sport to sport. And also, is anyone convinced the triangle offense would work if you didn't have Michael Jordan? Like once once Zava's gone. How is that going to look? Kurt Rambis tried to run the triangle offense. It failed miserably. Some others tried to run the triangle offense. Only Phil Jackson ever made it work, and only Phil Jackson had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Kobe Bryant, Shaq. Kobe Bryant, Shaq, exactly. It didn't work in New York. with uh, That was a failed experiment. I don't think Jamie Tart can run the triangle offense to perfection is what I'm trying to say. Can I I put my hand up right now and just say – um, I don't know what the triangle offense means. Like, I just don't know what that entails. It's it's literally like triangles. Guys are in triangles. Yeah, and it's passing the ball from the post a lot. Yeah, there's some mid post action going on. Uh, it's it's a system that prioritizes player movement and oh. IQ. And Ooh, what about ball movement? Is any of that in there? And freedom, but moving as as kind of a unit rather than individuals. In some sort of triangular formation, eh? Yes. Now, I feel like this would really be clicking if I was um, rolling my face off on ecstasy, but um, I don't know. It just, I haven't seen the uh, yeah. episode of Ted Lasso yet, so I'm, I'm and, not And I'm sorry sure. to the, those who don't watch Ted Lasso. This is a lot of Ted Lasso reference, but... That's that's why you came here. Not not necessarily for Dejounte Murray talk or Emi Odoka talk for for discussion of whether Jamie Tart could run the triangle offense appropriately. Have you like the uh, Jamie Tart and uh, uh, blanking on his name uh, Roy, Roy Kent? Kent. Roy Kent. Yeah. Do you like their relationship now in season three? Because uh, I'm here for it. I'm a big fan of it. I, I'm I'm definitely here for it. Uh, it was a good, good little wrinkle that Roy Kent could not ride a bike. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Whoa, spoilers! <laughs> I was cracking up at that too. Yeah, just just anytime you can make the the super tough guy look not so super tough, it's good humor. So I appreciated that little wrinkle in the latest episode. They, it's a great show. It's a great show. First, first season was like 
one of the best seasons of television ever. Second season was a letdown. Third season is better than the second season right now. I completely agree. I it I think it's one of the better comedies to like come out recently. I think the writing is very well done. I have to agree. And and I've never even done ecstasy. So I couldn't really relate. <laughs> he doesn't even know how to evaluate television. <laughs> <laughs> well, gambling grant, TV grant, appreciate the uh you checking in. Uh, anytime. Thank you guys for having me. Well, there you go. Yeah, a little Ted Lasso minute from uh, Jay King evaluating the triangle offense and television. Um, I would also check out uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, it's a show Brett Goldstein also wrote. Jason Siegel's in it. Uh, it's also on Apple Shrinking. TV. Shrinking. I thought that was a fantastic television program myself. Uh, and so if you want to also watch good television, do that as well. Um, all right. Let's talk about the uh, other news story uh reportedly the houston rockets are hiring former celtics head coach ime udoka to be their head coach and fun timing for the current celtics who are going to have to answer a bunch of questions about that tomorrow before the game and um it's going to be very interesting because ime udoka has not really had to talk about his uh the circumstances from which he was uh suspended from the Celtics and obviously that will be a topic now that he's going to be required to speak to the media um as the Rockets head coach Jay there's been a lot of rumors about different teams being interested in Ime um obviously he had a lot of success in his first year with the Celtics I guess what's your reaction to uh the Rockets hiring him um and yeah, how do I think that affects the Celtics moving going forward? Yeah, it's an interesting hire from the Rockets just because he's super different from Steven Silas, the guy he's replacing. Seems like they wanted someone who was a bit more of a hardo. And <laughs> Steven Silas, like one of the cr- critiques of him was that he could be too much of a pushover. Uh, and Ime Udoka is not that. Ime will hold those guys to a high standard. He'll hold them accountable. He will be direct. Obviously, we saw everything he did in Boston. Um, it's a totally different job. He's going to a rebuilding project. He's going to a place where, you know, there, there are a lot of low IQ basketball players. Um, <laughs> How quickly did before he comes out in the media and just says Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, stinks? Yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Maybe he won't take the same path with them because they're young. They can't necessarily handle the truth. Um, At least publicly, he might change things up. Who knows? But they need they need someone to keep it real with them. They need someone to to change their habits. Honestly, that that is a team that does not know how to play good basketball and needs to learn how to play good basketball. And on a totally different scale. In a totally different situation, he may help the Celtics do that. He helped Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown reach another level. He helped them become guys that lift up the players around them. Obviously, there were some personnel changes, uh, the Derek White trade chief among them, that helped the Celtics become a much better team later in the season on top of the the habit changes that he may help them with. But... Like from a standpoint of 
teaching guys how to play good basketball. He did a great job. Uh, I'm interested to see what this means for the Celtics coaching staff because obviously some of those guys are his friends. Obviously, he hired some of those guys. Who's going to go with him to Houston? I don't know. Um, but that'll be interesting to see whether Joe Missoula loses some people from his coaching staff. An already thin coaching staff because um, Damon Stoudemire left and it was like already um, a bunch of Emay's guys. How like Do you know who of the current staff was like directly hired by Emay? I don't even know all the coaches' names at this point. Ben Sullivan, Aaron Miles, Mike Moser, Garrett Jackson. Uh, who else? I'm not sure who else, but at least those guys. So a large portion of them, uh, clearly. Yeah, yeah, and certainly Ben Sullivan is someone Joe Mazzulla relies on heavily for stuff. Um, he's been really comp- complimentary of of the impact Ben has made after being a part of two championships elsewhere on the coaching staffs. So if they do lose some of those guys, it could be a, a pretty big loss on top of a staff that's already been kind of drained of talent with – the Eme suspension, the Will Hardy departure, and the Damon Stoudemire departure. So that's that's an interesting piece of this. And then it's also just the worst fucking time for the Celtics. <laughs> like to just have to answer questions. I guess it could be worse if it was like in the finals or something and they had to deal with all of this, but it just highlights and underscores the awful situation that he put the team into. And they, they've been very fortunate because Joe Mazzulla stepped in. He did a great job keeping everyone to, together and on the same page. The players remained committed. They were mature. They handled it in a way that should be commended. They stayed together. They stayed on the same page. They committed to buying into smaller roles and everything like that. But it cannot be underscored how difficult a situation Ime Odoka left the Celtics in. Days before training camp, he got suspended for at least the full season. And that's just about the worst timing possible for Joe Mazzulla to take over. He had no time to prepare for things. He had no time to put his own personal changes on things. He had no time to build his own staff. He had to kind of mend things with Emay's guys who obviously he knew from being on staff before, but still like that's just a, another layer of complexity added to the situation. And then now and you don't begrudge Emay Odoka for getting another job. A, a team was willing to hire him. He obviously was going to get another job at some point, but the timing of it, it just adds to the mess he left behind. And now the players are going to have to deal with the emotions of seeing their respected coach, the guy who turned them around initially, coaching for another team. And they're going to have to handle that in the first round of the playoffs while they're just about to close out the Hawks, probably, while they're about to begin preparing, probably, for the 76ers. And it's just his mistakes – have left that team to deal with a huge, huge mess. And you can't you can't overstate how bad the timing was on both ends. First for him getting suspended, 
now for him resurfacing in Houston. And so the Celtics players are going to have to go through some emotions. Um, and it's just really not an ideal time for that. So th- that's that's not the most important thing here. Obviously, with his suspension, like everybody knows vague details of what happened and it's more important than just like the player's quest for a championship. But they still have a lot of respect for that guy, a lot of love for that guy, and he fucked them over. And that's just how it is. He definitely did, and it's just but it's just like not the way they see that situation. Uh like 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 I already we already know all of the answers to the questions that they're going to get tomorrow. They're going to say, we really like Ime. Ime was one of our favorite coaches. Uh, we're happy for him that he got a job. We got a job to focus on ourselves. We can't let it distract him, uh, us, from what our, our goal is going to be. But, like, we really like Ime and, like, glad he did something else. And we still don't know what happened. And so, uh, and that was a difficult for, thing for us to process. And so, like, it's nothing's really going to change it's like i'm going to be shocked if anyone comes with like a revealing or like a, a an answer tomorrow to the email inevitable email questions that is like oh wow that's a different perspective but it's just another annoying thing that i guess the celtics have to deal with now but they don't it doesn't seem like they largely because i don't think they've like fully been explained what happened it doesn't seem like they put any blame on on email it's just kind of like a oh this the shit happened in the organization and the organization really hasn't told us what happened. Um, so I guess that's like, I don't know if that's interesting, but you're right. He did put them in an incredibly difficult situation, um, but it's just not something they necessarily, it seems like they blame him for. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, and uh, obviously it's a really complicated situation, and obviously... They still have a lot of respect for him. Jason Tatum went out at the All-Star game and said, right, that Ime was his favorite coach ever. Um, Jalen Brown has supported him. Marcus Smart. A number of the key forces in the Celtics locker room have supported him, and you get why. He did have a huge part in molding the group that reached the finals he did have a huge part of of building the team that right now has a chance to win a championship but it's hard to overstate like just how bad a mess he left behind and credit to Joe Missoula it hasn't been a thing most of the season credit to the players for being first of all good enough <laughs> the, the the real reason why it hasn't been a thing is because they kept winning and if they hadn't won 57 games and if they'd struggled and if if they'd gone into locker room chaos, that would have been a thing all season long. So credit to everyone who, who he left behind for 
cleaning up his mess and persevering through it. But he really left them in a bad spot. And and it, honestly, like this makes Brad Stevens's decision to take the interim tag off Joe Missoula look like a really good one um, when he did. Because in addition to giving Joe like the proper head coach tag, it also cut ties with Ime Odoka from the organization. It ended whatever dreams the Celtics players may have still harbored of Ime coming back at some point in the future. And who knows if they really had any thoughts of that anyway. But with that move, Brad eliminated that possibility. And so now maybe guys will just be happy for Ime that he found a job. Maybe they've already gone through the emotions of knowing that he wasn't going to coach them again, knowing for sure that he wasn't going to coach them again because Joe's the guy and Joe earned the the real head coach job. But so, yeah, I, I do think like in retrospect, Brad might have foreseen this exact situation happening where Ime was going to get a job while the Celtics were in the playoffs and and he wanted to at least dim the emotions of that move when it happened. Yeah, I think that makes sense in terms of just remove like providing some sort of stability with removing the interim tag. And obviously, I think Joe Missoula deserves a lot of credit for you know being that stability um, in what inheriting an incredibly difficult situation. Um, I don't think. I have anything more original or insightful or even entertaining to add about the Ime Yudoka situation or, frankly, about the uh, Boston Celtics uh, Atlanta Hawks series or the upcoming Celtics Sixers series. I'm just looking through my notes of last night uh, see if there's any junk that I Mitch missed. There was one play where, and Himmelsbach um, mentioned this, Whereas after a dead ball, both Al Horford and Marcus Smart were furious because the the refs wouldn't let them inbound it quickly. That was uh, mildly humorous. Um, I'm just trying to end the pod on a, on a note that's not Ime Yudoka. So I'm looking for. Oh, here's <laughs> a here's another Are thing. Are you scrolling through Twitter looking for junk? No, I'm scrolling through my notes from last night. Um, have you seen the <laughs> advertisements for Gatorade electrolytes? Uh, don't think so. Maybe it's new Gatorade. This version has electrolytes in it and is specializes with hydration. Jason Tatum's in the commercials. My question oh, is, what did the old Gatorade do if not give you electrolytes or provide you with hydration? Uh, it tastes tasted good depending on which color you got. Not the orange oh. ones. Those suck. What uh, best flavor? What's the best flavor of Gatorade? There's one, one answer and one red only. and yellow. Red and oh, you're a fool! An absolute fool. He's easily the two best. No, Glacier Freeze Blue. My God, you're an idiot. No, Glacier Freeze Blue is suspect. Quinn Snyder agrees with me that that the yellow. He's a yellow Gatorade guy too. He revealed that at the beginning of the series. And what does he know? He's down 3-1. With a far inferior team. It's really a 
a testament. This to series would be tied two two if he drank Glacier Freeze Blue. If he was a blue Gatorade drinker, doesn't he look like a uh, Glacier Freeze Blue drinker? What is? What are you trying to say? I'm uh, a I feel like that's just, blue that's just an what, edge, what? It's just an edgier Drake. He uh, <laughs> you think, you think blue? there's an intensity to him. Glacier Freeze Blue just seems like a more intense than the yellow. I don't, I don't know about that, but I'll take it as a glacier freeze uh, consumer myself. I do think most people, when they look at me, um, think, "Man, that guy's pretty intense. That guy's really uh, bringing it every night." I do think that's the vibe I give off. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you know, it's just throwing it out there, so you know, wouldn't we'll see exactly what's call you like the a Kevin Garnett type. Like you're not, you're not out here exuding toughness or <laughs> intensity. I would say more goofiness and uh, flannel shirt vibes. Yeah, you had to, you had to throw in the the flannel shirt thing. You had to. You're already insulting me. Uh, and you you just... also often have hat hair on. Like I, I would say, ninety five percent of the time I see you, you have just. Awful hat hair. No, 95% of the times you see me, I'm wearing a hat. It doesn't mean I have awful, like, I don't take off my hat then to see it. You saw me during the winter where I wore a winter hat. How has this turned into you just insulting me? You wear the same <laughs> fucking sweatpants every single game. What are we talking, what are we doing here? <laughs> I touched a button with the hat hair. Yeah, because I have terrible hat hair. God damn it, Jay. I just wanted See, to have a nice little discussion about Gatorade, and you're just be you're just being oppositional and insulting a, a, for no reason. A real man, a real would, man. Oh, you're gonna play the real man card now. A real man would wear a winter hat and bring another hat, so you don't have to deal with your hat hair. Wait, you, you just, want me to bring a like? Uh, sometimes I would just wear the winter hat inside. I would rock a beanie inside. I was I I could pull that off with the flannel. Eh, dude, you you wear the same Skidmore <laughs> hat and the same Nike sweatshirt and sweatpants to every single game. Do not talk to me at all. I'm not a beacon of fashion. I'm no Adam Himmelsbach or Chris Forsberg, but like you can't talk to me. When you literally you wear the same, you have multiple pair, multiple pairs of the same blue Nike sweatsuit that you just wear to, from game to game. No, they're two different blue sweatsuits. I know, but I'm saying multiple. You have multiple versions of it. It's just like you yeah. have no diversity in your sartorial choices. Why would I? I just wear the most comfortable gear I can find. Yet you have you ever heard the phrase about throwing rocks in a glass home? I will say though, I forgot to bring jeans to Atlanta. You were in Atlanta the whole weekend. Sans jeans, you just wore sweatpants the entire time. And I, I wore, when's the last uh, time you wore slacks? Was it your wedding? It was no, like it, a formal this, pant. This was yeah, that was the last time, um, September 9th. But the uh, I wore it was a bad bad look to game four. I wore a polo. With white Nike mesh shorts. Yikes, dude. Yikes. It was tough. Did you get properly chirped by the traveling Boston media cohort? 
I think I've set the standard so low that nobody <laughs> no one said anything. anything. Yeah, they just kind of expect that from me. But even by my standards, I was, I knew I I just didn't live up to to my normal incredible attire. When you first started, like going to games, and you like first got a credential, did you show up in a suit ever, or did you show up in like more no. formal wear? Never. No. You're always no. just. I, be I used like, to wear I'm, jeans and like a button down. Uh, yeah, that's back when you had uh, uh, whatever your headshot is when you first joined the athletic. You looked like a real goofy. Uh, uh, maybe you had shorter hair and glasses. Why am I remembering a picture of you with shorter hair, glasses, every and a collared time, shirt? Every time I say uh, something mildly controversial online, people people will send me the photo that I have on the athletic where I look like the goofiest person on earth. And uh, I got to say, it's pretty funny because people, <laughs> people really think, think probably that I, I take it to heart that I think they're, they're really attacking me, but I don't really look like that, man. I'm a suave sweat suit wearing motherfucker. Um, I'm going to have to agree to disagree on that. Um, I'm going to remove the, uh, the word suave and you, but you are a sweatsuit wearing motherfucker. Uh, I think we can ag- agree on that. Also suave. To be debated. All right. We've run out of, we've run out of, this has devolved into utter nonsense, uh, as this pod normally does. We'll be back tomorrow after game five. Hopefully the Celtics have cleared Cleared out the Hawks? That's not... Closed out, I believe, is the phrase I was looking for. Cleared out would work, and, too. It's not the traditional like parlance one would engage when we're talking about a, a playoff series win. But, yeah, cleared out, closed out, uh, clipped the Hawks. That's a fun little like newspaper headline, you know, making a nice bird reference. Uh, deboned the Hawks. Yeah, that that's what we're going to do it. Hopefully the Celtics debone the Hawks after Game Five and uh, don't What's play with their meat. Mean? You know, and like when you're preparing a chicken or a bird, you gotta uh, remove Do all I the bones from like it. Do I look like someone who prepares no, you a look, chicken you, or a bird? You look like a sweatsuit wearing motherfucker. That's what you look like. Yeah. Okay. Anything's potable, folks. Anything's potable.